You busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you ever gone to or been in a season in your life where you literally found yourself stumped on what your next step should be? Have you ever been in the proverbial fork in the road in your life, whether it's a decision that needed to be made, whether you were trying to gauge between a few options and you're just like, all right, so what should I do? Um, Has that question ever plagued you? If we're honest, I feel like that is the most unfair loaded question ever that we pose to ourselves. What should you do? Bruh, how am I supposed to know? I don't know what happens five minutes from now. I can tell you what happened five minutes ago. I can tell you what I shouldn't have done. I can tell you some of the things in the past that I should have passed on. I can tell you, listen, rearview mirror, I got you with the information there. But you want me to go ahead and make a now decision for something later on in the future that I don't know if it's going to turn out the way that I'm assuming it should turn out. Bruh, I don't know. Am I the all-seeing, the almighty, the alpha and omega? I don't know. I think that that is an extremely unfair question to ask ourselves. And I'll tell you where this is coming from. The last few conversations, I have been hiding a particular, you know, decision making. And not that, mm -mm, don't even start looking at me like, oh, we keeping secrets now. We're not. Have a nice day. Calm down. It is more along the lines of, because I was saying it, you just didn't hear it. So now it's your fault. Have a nice day. But what was happening was I was trying to decide if I should stay at a certain how do I say it? Because you know we try not to be gossiping grandbabies. Okay, listen. I was just trying to decide what the next step should be financially. You understand? I'm trying to see if I should choose this route or if I should go that route. And how come I'm pursuing this route but it's not working. This is what I really want to do. But I feel like God is saying A, B, and C. And so I started to become so plagued with the question of what should I do? You know what the litmus test is that you're being plagued with the question? Is that now it is not only consistently on your mind you're not only consistently talking about it you're not only seeking not and and everything is starting to look like confirmation but you are not still in that particular statement piece stillness with making a decision is probably your most lethal weapon I know it sounds oxymoronic I know that that sounds like, wait, stillness and decision-making doesn't even, like, it's giving very much, what are you talking about? And I get it. But listen to me. The enemy's job, mm -mm, we don't call him that when we on the phone. The LMNOP's job is to try to get you to be distracted in any way that he can because God speaks through stillness. When you calm down, and you calm all the external things around, God speaks in stillness. When the disciples was in a boat with Jesus and the storms and the waves was doing what they was doing and there's a whole bunch going on and it was just like, and they woke up Jesus and was like, Rabbi, don't you care that we can't be to drown? Jesus woke up and was like, peace, be still. Because God talks in stillness. And then after he stilled the winds and the waves everybody looked at him like who is this man that 
even the winds and the waves listen to him. Better yet, um, when the prophet uh, Elijah was in the cave and God was like, Elijah, what are you doing there? Come out. And he was like, you know what? Matter of fact, I'm getting ready to speak to you real quick. Um, God wasn't in the earthquake and wasn't in a rock splitting. And the Bible says that God spoke to him in a small, calm voice. And so I think what's happening is that we live in a very busy world. We live in a very microwaved everything. You get an answer now. You get your food now. It's a drive through everything, right? And you get to go ahead and pick up your phone. You can FaceTime somebody on the other side of the world. And everything is fast, fast, fast. Now, now, now. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Get, get, get. Go, go, go. That we have forgot to be still. When have you ever seen a newborn come out and was like, all right, let's go. Newborns come out showing you that for the first few stages of their life, it's going to be a lot of stillness. Stillness, but there's growth. Stillness, but there's consistency. Stillness, but there's still milestones being reached. Stillness, but so again, the more that we grow and we defer off of the lane of stillness, brings clarity then the more emotion and commotion that we start to feel which is when we set the atmosphere for fear and anxiety and all the other rebuke in the name of Jesus things that we should not be feeling would it hmm, shock you if I said stillness is how you hear God best no, you want me to prove it? You remember that time you was crying? He was like, God, I don't like crying, but I'm doing it now. And I just feel like, and the moment that you started to, and you were done with the cry, you felt soothed. Like now you want to go to sleep. And for some reason in that, that's where you felt your most, your, your calmest. Why do you think God spoke to you on the latter part of that? Mm -hmm. Because God waits for you to be still. What does it say in Psalm 23? He lays me beside very much still waters. Still waters. And so not that I am, you know, the most genius grandbaby, although I do not fight anyone who wants to call me that. Um, but I I will go out on the limb. If I was a gambling grandbaby, I would definitely say that your answer is in the stillness. Get somewhere where you understand I am not giving any emotionality to this anymore. In order for me to hear my dad, in order for me to hear the Holy Spirit's prompting, in order for me to be sensitive enough to hear exactly what my next steps are, I have to get to a place of being still. Go back to the womb. Go back to the womb where you're able to go ahead and cancel everything out and say, God, it's just you and I. You said that you knew me when you were knitting me together in my mother's womb. You said that you would never leave me nor forsake me. The Bible says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I don't know what's going on right now, but I bind it in the name of Jesus. I am not going to go ahead and feed into the anything that's going on in my life right now that looks like it could be busy, that looks like, oh, no, what's going to happen next? I don't have that power, and I'm not even going to be deceived into thinking that I have power enough to control any of this so what I'm going to do is do exactly what you said you said be still and know that I'm God so guess what I'm getting ready to do I'm getting ready to be real still I'm going to be so still that any movement any decision you're going to have to make so clear 
because I'm not going to move unless I know that that is you. When you really get into that kind of posture, it's a totally different ballgame. That's why the Bible says guard your heart because from it flows all the decisions that you make. So in your heart is worry. Guess what? You're making worry-like decisions. You're jumping from job to job because you don't know what's going to happen. And, and, and now you're jumping from relationship to relationship because you don't trust people. And it's so many different things that if you really were honest with yourself, if you looked back and say, why did I make that decision? There was something that uh, penetrated your heart, which actually went ahead and uh, orchestrated your emotions. And when your emotions start to orchestrate and uh, be the head leader of your actions, yeah, that that's why you ended up with E, all the above, right? Would you have ever dated such and such if you wasn't in that emotional state? No, honestly. Like if you didn't have that particular daddy or mommy issue, would you have found such and such even attractive? Would you have even worked there if you didn't feel like, yo, I was in a financial bind? Would you have even given such and such any time of day if y'all both didn't really bleed from the same wound? Like, did you attract that friend or that person because you were unhealed, they were unhealed, and so wounds of a feather flocked together? Hmm? Yet people who bleed from the same source sometimes try to save band-aids and bleed together? Huh? Uh, okay, yeah, so what we're going to start doing <laughs> is start learning the art of, mm-mm, before I make a commitment of any sort, before I go ahead and jump this particular boat to try to save myself from sinking in this one, um, just to realize that I just got into another boat uh, with the same captain, it's just the different size, and so what I'm actually doing is I'm jumping ship to have the same situation, to go in the same relationship, to go in the same friendship, to have the same family, like all I'm doing is just recycling environments, but I'm repeating the same lesson, and I don't want that for myself I finally got to the place that I understood that if you dismantle the thing that has been defeating you for so long that's the true win to dismantle the and I keep saying that because it's worth repeating I want us to dismantle the thing that has defeated us for so long your picker is not off you're not healed in that area no, you're not being overlooked um, for jobs and promotions and things of that nature. Low key, you may be fighting against your own lack of confidence. Like, let's just be wild in our thoughts real quick. If you were to get chosen for that job, would you feel confident enough to carry it out? Or would people see right through you like, oh, you got that promotion too early? <laughs> yeah, you needed a couple more years on, in that uh, prior seat. If you were blessed with that car, would you know what to do with it? If you were blessed with that house, would you know how to manage your money correctly? If you were blessed with that, whatever you're praying to God for, if you were blessed with it, uh, would you feel confident that I know exactly what to do? See, the thing of the matter is that's a trick question. You're not supposed to always know exactly what to do. You're supposed to know exactly who to go to. Yes, yeah, a lot of things that's, I mean, think about it. How did you know how to, how to, how to drive the, anything? Like somebody either showed you or God just had to go ahead and download, this is how you're getting ready to do this. What should I do is an unfair statement. But 
once we get behind administratively on how to answer that, yeah, it's a whole different ball game. I'm going to tell you where this came from. I was actually reading a devotional today, and I was like, oh, my gosh. If I would have read this a couple of weeks ago, I would have saved myself uh, a couple of weeks of discomfort because decision-making for yourself – it can be difficult. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, should I go to that school or this school? Should I take that job? Decision-making gets more difficult. <laughs> it starts to gain some steroids when you got people depending on you, when you have children, when you got big girl and big boy bills, when you like, yo, it ain't no which job should I, should I take. I need to a job to be this particular salary and up because of the responsibilities I have. Listen, daycare is this much, sir. <laughs> um, I, I, No, you don't understand. No, I can't just take anything. Thing. I'm looking at like how much is your annual salary? Mm-mm. I can't do no commission, but like you really start looking at things differently. The decisions become more complicated when you have to add more to your equation, and that's why I'm gonna always say, please go ahead and set yourself up in life so that you can make easy decisions because it becomes complicated when you have more things dependent on you. Mm, my goodness, have you ever just stopped and was like? I don't want to make a bad decision. Right. We, none of us do. Okay. Don't put that pressure on yourself. It's too much. But then how do we get to the other side of being confident in our decision-making skills? Can I go ahead and just real quick um, debunk a few things? Sometimes we get to a place where we don't trust ourselves in certain areas because we look at our track record and we like, yeah, I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> No, because, like, listen, I dated, and clearly it's not my judge. Like, mm, I don't do well in that area, so let me just go ahead and bow out. Like, no, I don't want to be single. I've always wanted to be a wife, but the way that it's been going, giving very much Paul, <laughs> giving very much Paula. Like, mm, I don't think this is it, right? But can I say something? Why would you judge the future mature you? to the broken, immature decisions you've made. That's like saying, I'm never going to cook again because how I used to cook at seven, given very much, maybe the kitchen's not for me. No. Can we just look at the fact that now you can actually reach some seasonings, <laughs> that you're not so scared of the bacon popping no more, that, listen, you can open up the can of biscuits with your chest out, like, because who, who jumping? Me, but that's another story that's between me and the Lord. Um. You see what I'm saying? Like, do not base your future on things that you may or may not have access to in the past. You may not have known how to pick a dude. Like, yo, outside of your friends asking, is he cute? What was you really going for? <laughs> like, you didn't know his job? I don't know. Like, I don't know how much. I didn't see the W2. Bruh, I didn't see the offer letter. I really don't know how much he makes. Like, I can I can try to look at his outfit. But, like, bruh, who, who knows if he maxed out a credit card or not? Like, really, who taught you how to choose a husband? Oh, did I say husband? I did. Um, Because we've been looking for boyfriends. Matter of fact, we're just looking for friends. Matter of fact, we're just looking for somebody to make the pieces hit. <laughs> like, you start digressing the more that you see I'm not qualified to choose that. As confident as you are in the professional realm, why aren't you that in the personal realm? Why aren't you clear with your heart as clear as you are with your friends? Man, we can be around a chick five minutes and be like, mm-mm, nothing to do with her. Uh-uh. Oh, no, she ain't do nothing to me. I could just tell from the vibe and the way that she carry herself and the few comments that she just made that it's probably going to be the last brunch ever. Like, have a nice day. 
Bro, we saved ourselves backstabbing, jealousy, E, all the above, <laughs> pictures that posting with people that, mm-mm, in a five-minute conversation or interaction with a female. But then when it comes to our heart, why you giving buddy four months and four years and like, mm, I don't know, journal Cosequa. Like, what you doing? Where you at? Oh, you got plans? Don't say that. Like, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, why did he get so much of your time? Because if you're honest with yourself, you really don't know how to choose in that area. You know how to choose friends. You could tell Shorty off back, like, Ma, no, you won't be going anywhere with me. Can nothing Cancun cannot do with you, okay? But let it do. Hmm? Too much? No, you can handle it. Sit up. Don't, don't, don't get slouched on the phone. Listen, what I'm trying to say is sometimes we're more confident in certain areas because we have experience. You cannot start to be untrustworthy of your own decisions now because of what you've lacked before no you're better now no you're more mature now no buddy messing up was exactly what you needed because now you know what to choose now no we're not gonna make red flags six flags no more like we're not having fun on behalf of you hurting any of us no because at this age who still finds future attractive who 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 we, no, that's not even cute. I don't care nothing about how you smell. I don't care the raspy voice that this. No, bro, let me explain something to you. Nothing that you pack at in any capacity is going to be worth me crying to my daddy and trying to get you out my heart. Have a nice day. Who's doing that? And more importantly, what friend is going to support that? Bro, let me tell you something. We should have friends at this point that's looking at you like, so I already told you about bro, so if you're going to still mess with him, um, don't say nothing to me about him. Matter of fact, probably going to need a little bit of space from you because I care about you too much to watch you just let this dude hurt you up close and personal. I don't want front row seats to that. This is not the beehive section that I want. I'm sorry. Giving very much mm, scary movie, okay? And I don't want to watch this. So you're going to have to disrespect the space that I'm about to give you, okay? Because um, he's dating you. Not me. And for some reason, I'm getting very angry. And it looks very much more angry than you. So, um, yeah, no, I'm going to go ahead and transfer that back to you because, mm, yeah. We should have people around us that's looking like, so how many times you going to cry about this job? Hmm? No, because it was cute when we were both, like, in the same boat. But now that I've sailed and transferred boats and added more people and switched over cargo, changed my whole outfit in a whole different hemisphere, I'm looking back at you like, you still tugboating it? What's up? Like, bro, either, at, at this point, I'm going to almost have to just believe that you like this now. Like, Complaining is one thing because sometimes that's how you get to the point of identifying, man, this is a problem. I don't want to keep talking about this. I don't want to keep feeling this way. I don't want to keep being faced with this. And so, you know, in an hour day, complaining can be a little bit of a chin check. Like, yo, I didn't realize this was such a problem until I just realized this is a problem. <laughs> but then what you do after that determines if we're going to keep talking about it. So we should very much be posing not only to ourselves, but to the people around us who seem to be in a habitual cycle of talking about the same thing, um, which you're getting ready to do, right? And I'm going to go ahead and prove the answer. Uh, Proverbs 2. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. You know I read in the NOT version, right? 
Okay. So Proverbs 2, we're going to start at verse 6. Let me tell you what the Holy Spirit dropped. This is new exclusive, okay, and fresh off the press. Here we go. For the Lord grants wisdom. Hmm. Want me to say it again? Absolutely. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Seven. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. Eight, he guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Nine, then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. Ten, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Eleven, wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Let me explain something to you. I don't know if you heard it the first time I said it, but there's some things you got to do. Hmm. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to break it down. Okay. So for the Lord grants wisdom, right? So I don't care how many books you read. I don't care how many self-help guru, motivational, any things you speak to. You do not gain wisdom by uh, filling yourself with information. The Lord grants that. You can tell by people having all the accolades and the certifications and the degrees more than a thermometer, the people say. Um, and then when it's time to go ahead and choose something, they are as, yes, dumb as a box of rocks. Absolutely. I don't know where you get a box of rocks from, but that's what my grandmother used to say. So we're rolling with it. So again, who grants the wisdom? Very much the Lord. From his mouth, knowledge and understanding. Pause. The Bible says that faith comes by the word, hearing the word, right? And so that means that you actually have to hear and be close enough to God to hear him give knowledge and understand it because it comes from his mouth, the Bible says. It's right here in Proverbs 2, verse 6. Verse 7, he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. Huh? So many times we've been giving people the side eye like, bruh, common sense. And we split in our eyes like a son in the room. But what you don't understand is that everyone wasn't given the treasure of common sense. Okay? Who gets the common sense, grandbaby? Let's read the sentence again. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. So it's a certain uh, amount of things that you have to do in order to gain what's needed to be gained to make great decisions. What do you need to do in your life, grandbaby? Be honest. Because what do you get from that? Common sense from the Lord. Mm -hmm. He's a shield to those who walk with integrity. If you are honest in your ways, God will protect you. If you are honest with your ways, God will protect you. If you are honest with the way that you live, God will protect you. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. So many times we're crying out now. We're like, God, I just need you. I just need you to speak a word, Lord. We're singing to Yolanda Adams. <laughs> yeah, just, Lord, I need you to speak. We're we looking up all the gospel songs, all, all the scripture, and all we need to do is just get close enough to him so that we can hear what's needed to make the right decision you will find the right way to go but God what if I what if I choose the wrong path mm -mm. you will find the right way to go I know God but there's so many things in this elements and like when I waited the pros and the cons list like I, I it's pros and cons with both 
you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. The very next verse says, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. So not only does God's what does God's word give you the wisdom, the wise choices you make from receiving that wisdom is what watches over you. Understanding will keep you safe. And that is because when God gives you wisdom, when God gives you your instruction, when God opens up your eyes to see exactly what needs to be done, it comes with a set of instructions. He told Noah, I need you to go ahead and build this ark and gave him the gulf of wood and the units and the this, that, and the third. And so the wisdom from Noah was cool. He gave God his yes, and he went ahead and started to build. But in that building process, he knew exactly how to place the animals. He knew exactly how much food to bring in he knew exactly how to make it where his family was comfortable amongst all of uh the zoo you understand and so what happens is the understanding kept him safe the understanding of the magnitude of what God asked him kept him safe how is it that a first-time parent can keep a newborn all the way alive okay um and continue to feed Mm -mm. because with everything that god gives he gives the wisdom to sustain the thing and not only that there is a certain understanding that comes you ever been around a mother and the baby was like you was like no you're not getting another cookie you're like how did you just how did you just decipher that the baby said he want a cookie Because when you have a connection to something that God gave you, there is a certain amount of understanding that no one will ever understand. You ever was close enough to somebody that you can just give a look and you like, "Mm, heard you? How? Because when there's relationship, there's an understanding of what to do and what not to do next. Hmm? Yeah, you knew that look said, um, stay out of grown folks and I'm not playing with you. Mm, Heard you. They ain't even say nothing. It was just a little bit of a side eye. A little bit of grit teeth. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I'm trying to do is get us all to the place that we feel safe enough to make decisions because we understand that the wisdom to make that decision came from God. Your challenge. I want you in your own time to read Proverbs 2, verse 6 to 11. Proverbs is already the book of wisdom. Right. It was written by the wisest man in that time, which was King Solomon. I want you to clear out, and this is going to be my prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that whatever stumbling blocks has been put in the hearts of this particular person, that you go ahead and say, I want you to trust me now. Those decisions that you made before were totally you. Those decisions that you made before was made with a different operating system. Those decisions you made before was with a different mindset and a different understanding and a different set of knowledge. It wasn't quite wisdom. You did as best as you could with what you have. And I need you to forgive yourself for what may or may not have been done correctly. And I now want you to enter the zone of God. I'm only going to make decisions that I truly believe is coming from you. I believe that you're giving me the wisdom to see this thing through I believe that you're giving me the understanding to truly identify what my part is versus what your part is and I really want to understand 
the knowledge that is needed to sustain what it is that I'm getting ready to decide. I don't care if it's a house. I don't care if it's a car. I don't care if it's a job. I don't care if it's a relationship being formed or relationship being severed. I don't care if it has something to do with moving. I don't care if it has whatever it is. It is a no matter how big, how small, it is very important to God. So important that he wants you to trust the decision with the wisdom that he gives you. So, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, hear the hearts of those who are asking you, whether out loud or just silently in their heart, help me, God, what should I do? Mm. I pray this prayer with the mighty name of Jesus through the blood of Jesus because you said anyone who uses your son's name, if they ask, they shall receive. And so I'm asking, you said when two or more are gathered, there you are in the midst. So I know you're in this particular prayer. And so I'm thankful what you're getting ready to do. I'm thankful for the lightness that you allow us to feel as we're praying to you, the confirmation that you allow us to feel as we're praying for you. And I am thankful, Lord, because without Jesus, we could never have this relationship with you. So I'm thankful for Jesus as well. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen and amen. Can I give you a little spoiler alert? You know what to do now. And I feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what these conversations are, right? Yes, you do. They life-provoking conversations. Okay, don't look at me like that. Conversations that who but your favorite homegirl is going to have with you. Who? Who? Who can? Who can? Ever? Okay, but you... you you don't understand what I'm trying to say. All right, listen, I need to go ahead and uh, cook this spaghetti because mm-hmm. I very much put it to the side so I can have this conversation with you because that's how important you are to me, okay? But uh, we'll talk later. I know your phone number. Don't change your number if you do text me, okay? All right, later. <laughs>